Hey everybody, welcome to Drive Through Review 525. Uh, today we're going to talk about um, Mansions of Madness, the second edition. Now I just posted a, a playthrough where I played through kind of the intro scenario, the first scenario. Uh, not all the way through, but most of the way through, right? So it's sort of a cliffhanger ending there. So if you want like better details on rules and how to play the game, it's going to give you a good experience. I think of, you know, maybe 80, 90% of all the stuff you're going to run into uh, in the game. So if you're not familiar with the game, it's obviously second edition of the original. Uh, you are going into some mansion or possibly some town or something like that. Uh, we played one scenario where you're kind of like around some docks and things trying to sort of escape out of your hotel room. Uh, so you, you go in there and it's definitely like a Cthulhu Lovecraftian type of mythos and there's just, you know, creepy people and creepy creatures trying to destroy you and so you're trying to solve some kind of mystery. Now this one of course is app driven and uh, so when you play, you know, the same scenario that you played yesterday, it's going to be very different and the map itself actually is procedurally generated so it's not a static map for each mission. Um, it seems like there's sort of a handful of maps that it pulls from, but even if it pulls the same map that you played last time, uh, the puzzles and interactions and things are going to be very different. Uh, so that's kind of a, a bonus and kind of a step up from the Descent app, which just recently came out, which is always a static scenario map. Uh, but this game probably lends itself more to that procedurally generated map. I'm not really sure. but. The best part of this game, and I'll just cut right to the chase there, is I really love this game, is the whole variability, not in terms of just like, oh, I'm going into a new room now, or this is a different monster, a different puzzle, but even within an individual encounter, uh, with a, like a, let's say you're fighting a deep one or something, the way that you do combat is not like traditional sort of dungeon crawls, especially from Fantasy Flight. Uh, so if you go to like hit a monster with something, you're gonna tell it what kind of weapon you're hitting it with. Are you hitting it with a spell? Are you hitting it with a big weapon or a bladed weapon? Are you unarmed? And so that's gonna give you different sort of narratives that are gonna kind of come out of that. And the app's gonna kind of present that to you. And that's just kind of one example of all the kind of nooks and twists that are going to happen as you encounter different things on the map because there's like little tokens and stuff that you can touch and you can you know interact with those and explore and dig with those and you sometimes you have to roll like a different check uh, to do different things and the, and the monsters we're going to have like different horror checks that are going to happen at the end of each round and those are going to behave differently so you have all these different skills that you're going to use in all these different ways uh, so it makes it ends up being very kind of natural and flowing and it kind of just does enough kind of variation to suggest there's some kind of mind here even though you know it's probably just random stuff that is is at play now I think it might be behaving differently based on which characters you have. So it seems to kind of target that a little bit. So I've only played it four times. I haven't really dug into that, but that it kind of suggests to me there's actually several layers of depth here. And again, that's kind of the most exciting uh, part of the game. Uh, so it's also very natural to play. So when you do your investigative phase, it's just, hey, take your actions. Everybody gets two actions. You do it in any order you want. Everybody goes and then the app will react with a mythos phase and it'll kind of trigger some event and those events can be very different and it's going to also be different based on what rooms you've uncovered uh, so maybe you went into some office somewhere and now anybody that's in the office is going to be attacked by some darkness or something or if you don't have the office shown then it's not going to do that so that's really cool and then after that then the monsters all activate 
and they come in and they fly around. Now, the one thing that is actually super obvious when you stare at the board, but it's not super clear, like it's in the rules and it's written right, it's not like the rule's wrong, but I kind of wish there was like one little sentence, and the only reason I bring it up is because it really confused us for a second, and I talked to another friend of mine that played it, and they got kind of stuck on it, but then they figured it out too, uh, is the whole like line of sight range thing. And basically, you just look and see if the person can see you. <laughs> if there's a door or a wall in the way, then they can't see you. There's a sentence in the reference that says, oh, they have to just be within three spaces and they're within range. Well, also within range means it doesn't go through doors and walls. So basically, all you have to do is look at the map and say, oh, can they see you? <laughs> if they were in this corner and you were in this corner, can they see you? So it's like the most purely clean line of sight rules. But anyway, I just bring that up because we two people i know got stuck on it and my group got stuck on it and so i was like okay well, i'll bring it up but it's, i don't think it's necessarily a badness it's just you know learning the game now the next thing to talk about are the puzzles so there's three different types of puzzles in the game sometimes you do like these little slide things where you slide these tiles around and another one where i'm not sure what kind of puzzle you would call it but it, you slide like these different rectangles and it's sort of like you're trying to be the most efficient that you can to slide in and get this sort of key thing, this keystone sort of unlocking it out of there. And then there's this code one where you sort of, you enter in a random code and the app kind of tells you, okay, you've got one right in the right spot and you've got another one that's the right number, but it's not necessarily in the right spot. So you kind of get a couple of guesses and then you kind of deduce through those guesses uh, what you know is the correct answer. And each of the puzzles will use whatever character is attempting the puzzle, they will use a stat of that character and that's the amount of guesses that you get. And you can spend these clue tokens which allow you to you know, maybe change up your dice. They also allow you to get extra guesses on a puzzle. And sometimes it's very kind of an intense moment where you know, you've got like Frankie over here and he's trying to unlock this puzzle and everybody else is trying to fight this wave of monsters that's coming in. So you can see him like really in there sweating and you know, maybe it takes him a couple of turns to get it because when you do the puzzle in the app, it'll save where you were. So if you make an attempt and you're like, gosh, it's gonna take me like seven or eight moves to get to the unlock of the puzzle. And so you do what you can to get it there and then you've used up your action. So maybe you take another action on your turn and then you're like, oh, I just won away. You know, so then everybody else goes and the monsters come in and fight and you know you've gotta do another turn. So sometimes that's really cool because it's like under this time crunch, so you're kind of sweating it out. Uh, so that's a really, really uh, cool aspect of the game. And again, with the app, I uh, played, so I played it four times. I played it three times with the opening scenario and then one was this, uh, uh, something about Innsmouth. So Escape from Innsmouth or something. That was the one with the dock. Uh, so the puzzle was, let's see, I did a total of, I think if I remember right, four puzzles in those three intro scenarios. And two of the puzzles were the same. And then the other two I didn't see in the other place. Uh, one was like a, you had to unlock a safe and there was like no safe in the, in the other two times I played it. So even the puzzles themselves are going to give you this, that extra challenge. Um, so when I played it with my group, uh, the one puzzle came up that I had already played myself. And a couple other things kind of happen. So the plot kind of happens the same, but the other differences are there. And so there were points where even though I've already played it twice, I can still kind of play and play along with the other players, but then at those certain moments where like I've done that, I can just step back and just kind of be the DM and not spoil it for them. So they can solve it. And then once we get through the thing that I've already been through, then we go back into it and I'm playing the game again. So it's kind of interesting and I kind of hate to compare games sometimes, but I kind of compare it to time stories where 
you have you go through the game you have a narrative and if you lose you play it again but the puzzles that you solve are going to be solved forever whereas in this case they're not necessarily going to be solved forever you can play it multiple times so i thought that was something that struck me is that because of the app really you're able to get into that sort of extra layer of replayability in a sort of very narrative puzzly kind of driven game so that was a pretty cool thing uh, so the last thing that was awesome is the going insane part and i don't know if the first edition had this i think it did but so you can sort of die and take damage in two different ways you can take physical damage if you take up to your threshold you become wounded and if you get up to your threshold again you get eliminated if you do the same with your sanity instead of getting wounded you get an insane card and that card may actually kind of make you sort of a traitor not necessarily a traitor but you now have a different win condition but you don't tell anybody that you flip it over it could be nothing or you flip it over and it be, you could be have some really wacky goal because you're insane. And so you are trying now to do that action and that win condition versus whatever the main mission is. And the missions, you don't necessarily know what they are the first time you play it anyway. Uh, that's the one part that is sort of not replayable is the general overarching plot line. Um, so you, you won't necessarily know that until you get into it a little bit, but getting back to the insanity thing, that's a really cool way of kind of riffing on Betrayal at House on the Hill or even other trader games. Um, and I think it really works here. It really makes sense because you just kind of, you're going through whatever the scenario is and just stuff is beating you down. You're trying to win. You're not a trader from the beginning, but then you have this, some, some event that just kind of pushes you over the brink and that's really, really awesome. Uh, so yeah, just kind of all of those pieces fitting together and just the way the game and the, the world and everything that happens in the game, it just fits. All those pieces just fit together as a whole. And then somehow, it, you know, it has all that narrative. It has all those puzzly, you know, brain noodle kind of things, but you can replay it again. So like I said, I played uh, the first scenario three times. I played the Innsmouth one once. And uh, I'll get to this in a second. We didn't finish it, but I could see, even if I finished it, I could probably play that at least two more times. And I think there's five uh, scenarios. It might be six. I might be misremembering. So if I can play all five of those uh, three times, that's 15 plays, and that's pretty good. And they are coming out with sort of a supplementary pack. So if you don't have the first edition and the first expansions, you can get like the necessary components out of that and then add more variability i don't know maybe some more scenarios there now it does come with a conversion kit so if you do have the originals you can just port that right in there and you're good to go uh, so that's really cool too um, the, the thing i want to mention though about the Innsmouth is when we played it we actually ran into a game breaking bug like we could not get through there was a bug in the app and so i tweeted at uh, fantasy flight software and they were like yep we're aware of it and i noticed today they actually patched the app, so it was fixed. So that was a bummer that we hit that. So just be aware that you know you're using software, so you could hit a bug. Um, so, but they're pretty responsive, and I know they've had a few updates for the Descent app, <laughs> making the AI completely evil, which we've run into a few times with that app as well, where it's like, oh, everybody takes eight damage. What? <laughs> We're all dead. <laughs> like, what happened? So, and they've really been like toning it down slowly because. There's a couple of times, even after the, the latest patches, not, not the latest, latest one, but we ran into a scenario in the, uh, the main campaign we've been playing through that and was like, wow, that was really tough at the end. Like, why did we have to 
that was crazy. And then it was like the next day, similar to this situation, they're like, oh, by the way, we patched that scenario. I'm like, oh, if I just waited a day to play it. So anyway, that's just something to keep in mind. Anyway, I really enjoy this game. I'm definitely gonna be looking out for the, uh, you know, the expansion pack meld thing, because I don't have the originals and to play that. Um, you know, the components, I talked about this at the end of my walkthrough. Components are stellar. I love the tiles in this game. Uh, maybe, probably, I think my favorite tiles of any dungeon crawl. And uh, if you watch my channel, you know I love Shadows of Brimstone. And I like Imperial Assault, or I love Imperial Assault, and I like the set a lot. And, but the tiles there are just really just, bleh. they're just like little spaces to move around, really. I mean, they're, they're decent, they, you know, they're nicely illustrated and stuff, but compared to the tiles in this game, they're nothing. Uh, the nice thing about this is there's only two sizes of tiles, so you can just go, oh, get look at the stack, look at the stack, you got it. Um, so it's very easy to just you know click together as you, you reveal the map. And the tiles are so detailed. So like when it shows you like, hey, go investigate this open refrigerator. You know, he's like, oh, there's a refrigerator right there. Or there's a little desk there. Or there's a little bookshelf that maybe there's a secret behind. Or there's a table to look under. And you put the tokens out there and you're like, it is just visually like, you, it just pulls you in. And there's so much like little detail and stuff. I really like that. Uh, so anyway, I highly, highly recommend this game. Um, there's, I mean... I could go on a rant about how many great games have come out like in the last month or two. Uh, and there's a bunch of Gen Con I still haven't played and everything. So, uh, yeah. So I highly recommend this. You're going to get a lot out of it for sure. And so anyway, so definitely take a look at Mansions of Madness 2nd Edition. Thanks.